You're listening to the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. Here's the deal. If you make disciples by sitting around and talking, you shouldn't be surprised when your disciples sit around and talk and talk and talk. This is the podcast for those weary of just talking and ready to start activating in the mission Jesus gave us to change the world. The Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast, where disciples and disciple makers gather to grow and go together. Here's your host, Dr. Matt Friedemann. Hey, Disciple Makers, welcome to the podcast today. So very good to have you with us. No question about it. The place for a man, for a woman, completing all their powers is in the spiritual fight. And right now, somewhere today, making disciples of the nations. So we want you to stay tuned. We want you to stay encouraged. We have a rendezvous with destiny. So uh, very good to have you with us today. I'm I'm about ready to uh, start, for my own part, a, a new school year. Now, school years can start anytime. And uh, depending on the school, but beginning a new phase of your year, you know, a lot of people think that uh, January, you know, because it's the new year. So that's the time to start new and wonderful and beautiful things in your life. For me, I've never really thought of that as the beginning of the year. I have been, uh, I kid you not, since age five, I have been in a schooling system and I'm old enough now where... I've been in a schooling system for almost, not quite, almost six decades. That being said, in a schooling system for that long, that's the world I know. So the the year doesn't begin January 1. That's, that, that's when the next half year begins. The year for me always begins when school starts. And of course, school starting earlier and earlier, so it has almost no meaning anymore. Where in the world did they take our summers? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Hardly is a summer anymore. But having said all that, uh, it's really great to be a part of a school and starting the new year. And here come the students. And every time we do that, I'm thinking, okay, what are the things I need to have in place to make this the best year of my life? Seeing how my year begins with the school year and not with January. What do I need to do? And I think a, a great first place for anybody to start considering what needs to happen in my life this year to make it the best ever are to go to the means of grace. You know, you can call me anything you want, the life and the habits of a disciple, whatever, but the means of grace. It's important to know these aren't grace themselves, that this is the means of grace. It's almost like grace rides in on these roads into our life. But we've always said here on this program that uh, one of the things we want you to be about with 5Q discipleship, uh, a, a discipleship method that really lands hard down on five questions. We think you also ought to be concerned, not just with those five questions and a discipleship group meeting. We think on an ongoing way in your life, you need to be about the works of piety and the works of mercy. So every day you ought to be praying. That's a work of piety. Uh, the other works of piety, scripture reading, hearing, reading, meditating thereon, uh, a, a weekly or a monthly receiving of the Lord's Supper, weekly fasting as bodily health allows, and of course, what they call Christian conferencing, which is both large and small groups. That would be worship and either the Sunday school program or a cell group or something. Uh, that's Christian conferencing. So the works of piety are prayer, Bible, communion, fasting, and worship in small groups. Along with that, you ought to be doing works of mercy, some kind of weekly commitment to 
do something like feed the hungry, clothe the naked, entertaining the stranger, visiting those who are in prison, going to the, the nursing home. Uh, we have wrapped it up now because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But in Mississippi, I would weekly go out with my family to the abortion clinic. And on it goes. All things of reaching the hurting and the unchurched, that would include a work of mercy. So these are the two things. So if you want to have the best year of your life, I can pretty much guarantee you, if you hold tight and fast to works of piety and tight and fast to works of mercy, you have set yourself up well for the best year of your life. Now, having said that, I just have been really encouraged lately to think even deeper about my prayer life. I thought to myself, you know, this, this would be a great episode for the life-changing podcast because I want us all to take seriously our prayer life. But y'all, you need to have a prayer life. You need to have a first-class, top-shelf prayer life because everything else hinges, I think, on that. And you can think in terms of Jesus. You know, it, it talks about him having a prayer life and it being so incredible that his disciples said, hey, teach us to pray. Now, what's fascinating about that is we know because the disciples were Jews, they were praying like Jesus three times a day. But it's almost like they're saying, no, we're not talking about that. You do prayer even beyond the three times daily. So what we're asking you is that thing. How do you do that thing? The other thing you do besides the three times daily thing. And so Jesus shares with them some inside secrets. I've become more and more convinced that we need to talk about our prayer lives, that we need to share our secrets, because I think Jesus handed on some things. I think those things morphed over time, and uh, we no longer do the three times daily thing, and we no longer just do the Lord's Prayer thing. I just think all of us need to devise a prayer life that is going to set us up to be all the people of God He ever dreamed that we could be. So really what I want to do is share with you what I do for my prayer life on a daily basis. And uh, this has morphed over years. One of the things that we did when I was in seminary, I went to seminary and uh, 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 kind of submitted to the leadership of a professor there named Al Coppage. And Al was in charge of a program called the Barnabas Foundation. The Barnabas Foundation did a number of things, but they asked you to, if you're going to be in a Barnabas discipleship group, you need to commit yourself to certain things. And one of the things you'd commit yourself to is an hour and 40 minutes a day. Now, I'll consider that a tithe. Let's say you sleep eight hours a day. That would, that would be a tithe of the waking day. So one hour and 40 minutes a day in prayer and Bible study. And so we started doing that. And at one point there, I thought, you know, probably ought to be not just a tithe of the waking day, but a tithe of the whole day. So I think that'd be something like two hours and 20 minutes. I think I figured out at that point in my life. So we went up to as much as two hours and 20 minutes a day in seminary, praying and studying our Bible daily. Now this wasn't Bible study for class. This is Bible study apart from class. And this is when prayer for class, this is prayer apart from class. But to just hunker down and say, I'm going to do these things. Now, maybe in a, a podcast coming up, we can tell you some of the things we did with Bible study. But today, I just thought it'd be great to talk about what we do in prayer. 
So an hour and 40 minutes. So half of that time was taken up in seminary for prayer. And then we moved on where I had a job teaching seminary. And so guess what? I thought, you know, one of the great things we could do here is just to say, because I don't have a Barnabas foundation at Wesley Biblical Seminary, maybe we could move these commitments into the class itself. And I found that a very, very helpful tool in organized education is the syllabus. So if you want an A in this class, then you need to spend an hour and 40 minutes a day in prayer and Bible study. And I would teach them in class how to do that. And if you've got 90% of those days each day in prayer or Bible study, I would give you, well, you would qualify for an A. In other words, you, and what we'd always say is you can score no higher in class than your prayer life. And so students would report that. Let's just say they got all A's in the class, but they got an 82% of the days of an hour and 40 minutes a day in prayer. Well, then they'd get a B in the class. You can score no higher in this class than simply what you can do in your prayer life. You can score lower, but you can't score any higher. Eventually, we work that down to an hour. And so that's what we do today is an hour every day in prayer and Bible study. And I recommend that to everybody listening to this podcast today. Try to carve out an hour a day. And I think it ought to be the first hour, the priority hour, the hour that you do before you do anything else, the hour that you do before you look at the internet, before you look at your iPhone, before you look at anything else in your life to spend time in prayer, spend time with Jesus, talking and relating and journaling and meditating and memorizing and all kinds of things. So Having said that, I just wanted to share with you what I am currently doing. Now, probably two years from now, I'll be doing something a little bit different because I'm always trying to find out what's best for me right now. And so I'm just going to share with you here what we do, what I do in my prayer life every morning. So every morning I wake up, it depends on the obligations for the day. I wake up either at 4 a.m., sometimes at 5.30 a.m., sometimes at 6, sometimes, very inoccasionally, it's later. But what I will do is wake up and I will weigh myself because I find out that if I don't weigh myself, then I am too easily inclined to not lose weight. So I'll weigh myself and then I will report it on a journal sheet. Now, that journal sheet is actually on a screen on my computer. So I turn on my computer and I go to my journaling site. And in my journaling site, I have at the very top a box that says morning routine. And I will put in what I weigh for that day. Next thing I do is I'll go take uh, a green tea concoction. I, I, I hate green tea, but I think green tea is great for you. So I have a, what I call a concoction of green tea and something called Indian gooseberry amla. And I put in there cloves and I put in there pepper and there are a couple of other items I put in there. I mix it all up and I'll take a spoonful, put it in some water and I'll jug it down. Tastes terrible, but it's so good for your body. So a lot of antioxidants, but just about the most powerful antioxidant formula you could put in your body and antioxidants are great for your body. So I will take a, a spoonful of that and then I'll make some coffee. Then I'll sit down in my chair and I will begin my prayer life. What I do is go to the Psalms. 
And the reason I go to the Psalms is, it has been called the prayer book of Jesus. And that prayer book of Jesus, so-called, is a tremendous way to spend time in prayer. And so I'm looking right now down, today is the fifth of the month. So what I will do is I'll go to Psalm 5. And what I do is I put these words in God's mouth for me. So it's not simply reading the Psalm. I will say, uh, for instance, this says, listen to my words, O Lord. So Matt, today I'm going to listen to your words because I'm the Lord, your covenant God. Matt, today I'm going to consider your sighing. I'm going to listen to the sound of your cry for help because I am your king and I am your God. To me, Matt, today you are praying. So I will read through the psalm like that. Let's do it with one that you are perhaps more familiar with. The Lord is my shepherds. So this is how I would do that psalm if today was the 23rd. I would say, the Lord, well, that's the covenant God. That's his covenant name. So Matt, I'm your Lord and I am your shepherd. Today, you're not going to be in need. I'm going to let you lie down in green pastures today, Matt. I'm going to lead you beside quiet waters. Today, I'm going to restore your soul. I'm going to guide you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. Now, Matt, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear any evil because I am with you. My rod and my staff, they're going to comfort you all day long. I prepare today, Matt, a table before you in the presence of enemies. I have anointed your head with oil. Your cup overflows. Surely goodness and faithfulness are going to follow you all the days of your life. But Matt, particularly today. And your dwelling will be in my house, your covenant God my house forever. So that is how I use the Psalter for my prayer life. It's God speaking direct words out of his word to me. Now, I said I started and then did that this morning with Psalm 5. Then I add 30. Now I'll go to Psalm 35. Sometimes I'll just stop, I'll meditate, I'll think about it, and I'll pray through some more. But I always try to put these words in God's mouth for me today. That's how I spend time in the Psalter. And I do five Psalms a day. I do Psalm 5 because the day's the fifth, and I add 30. Psalm 35, Psalm 65, Psalm 95. Uh, then I go to Psalm 119, and I will do, out of Psalm 119, the fifth paragraph. The day's five. There's 22 paragraphs in Psalm 119. And then I will go on and add another 30 and, and, and get the Psalter done for today. Then I will go to the proverb for today. Psalm 5. And today, uh, I, I rotate through my wife and my kids and their spouses. I rotate through all of those wonderful people, and I pray the proverb. So today, I prayed for one of my sons, Proverbs 5, and just prayed this sort of thing into his life. So that is how I start my day, with the Psalms. I'm praying a proverb. After that, I have what I call, I make mention of you prayers. At the first part of Ephesians, and the first part of First Thessalonians, and the first part of Philemon, Paul says words to these effect, I thank God, and I make mention of you in my prayers. And I have a couple of hundred people that I will make mention of in my prayers. 
So I will look down at my family and my extended family first. All my brothers and sisters and uh, nephews and, and nieces and their spouses. and their, So I, it takes me a while just to get through them. But I'm not praying at length for them. I'm praying very brief prayers. I thank you for Dave. And I ask you bless Dave today. I thank you, Lord, for Judy. And I ask that you bless Judy today. Now, if I know something that's going on in their lives, I'll include that something. If I don't know of anything, I'll just keep moving. And I've got, again, I go through my church. So I pray and make mention of and ask, thank God for everybody in my church. And I ask that God to bless everybody in my church. Then I go to my mentors, people who have blessed me in my life through mentorship, through discipling, and who are still alive, I will pray for my mentors. Then I pray for my workplace, all the people, all the kids, and I will pray for them at Wesley Biblical Seminary. Then I will pray for friends that I'm discipling or who are discipling me, so friends in discipleship. Then I pray for the leaders of our nation and of my state and of my city. And pray for them all by name and thank the Lord for them and ask God to bless them. Sometimes I know specifics. For instance, Joe Biden recently had COVID. I just pray that God would heal his body from COVID. Uh, and we just continue to pray on. And so I, that's what I call, I make mention of you prayers. So five Psalms, a proverb, and I make mention of you prayers. And that, you know, is the bulk of my prayer life. Is that all I do? That is not all I do. Remember, I weigh myself, I take that tea concoction, drink some coffee, five psalms, a proverb, and I make mention of you prayers. Then I start reading the, semin the, 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 the lectionary passages that I have. And the lectionary passages I go to, here. I, you can go to any number of places to get passages to read this week. Some of you love to read through the Bible. I prefer a method that goes like this. I go to the lectionary passages and the church of England has lectionary passages that list about 15 per week. And I love that. I love piling through 15 different verses from different parts of the Bible and just making note of what Jesus is teaching me through those passages. And I keep a little journal every day of what he's teaching me through this passage. So got it? I weigh. I take that tea concoction, coffee, Five Psalms, a proverb. I make mention of you prayers, then go through a couple of the Bible passages and make note. Always, sometime during this, I never know when it's going to happen, God's going to say to me, Matt, I want you to breathe me in today through that portrait. You say through portrait. What is a portrait? Well, let's go back to Psalm 5. It's listen to my words, Lord, is what that means. And so what I say is, uh, I put this, remember, into God's mouth for me today. Matt, today I'm going to listen to your words. Lord, you're a listener. I praise you as a listener. I'll breathe in. I praise you and I'll breathe out as a listener. And I try to slow down my heartbeat and I try to relax. I praise you as a listener. I praise you as listener. I praise you as listener. I will do that for a few minutes. 
just to meditate on the personhood of God and one of his great and awesome characteristics that I saw either in the Psalms, in the proverb, in something that I've just read through the lectionary passages. Remember, I got off the Church of England page, something where I'm just saying, all right, that's now what I want to. And let me tell you what inspired me to do that. The very last line of Psalm 150, the last line of the Psalms says, everything that has breath shall praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But that line is actually, let all breath praise the Lord. It's not everything that has breath. In the Hebrew, it reads, let all breath praise the Lord. So I just want to practice that. I just want to practice all my breath. And I practice this breath, at least, is praising you because you are a listening God. Then I'll usually sing a hymn. And I love John West or Charles Wesley's hymns. I also have a metrical psalter. They put the Psalms to tune. So I'll sing either out of my metrical psalter or Charles Wesley hymn. Then I like to write down five things I'm thankful for. And so I did it this morning. Five things I'm thankful. It might be a person, might be a thing, might be Sometimes it's even a Bible passage. might be an event that I attended or I'm going to attend. But then at the very end of that, I, I point to a number called 100. My goal is that 100 times today, I will thank God for something. I want to thank him 100. That thing alone, thankfulness has changed, radically changed my disposition and my attitude. Five things I'm thankful for now. 95 more times a day, I want to do that very thing. I write all these things down in the journal. Then I actually journal. What's something I learned out of Scripture? What's something Jesus has taught me so far in my quiet time? What's something he taught me today? And I just love writing it down. And so I do that. Then I pray for a nation of the world. This morning, I went to a site called Operation World. Try it out. It will have a calendar there, and you can punch on today's date, and you can find out the nation they want you to pray for and how you can pray for them. So today I prayed for South Korea. Yesterday I prayed for North Korea. Tomorrow, again, it wants me to pray for South Korea. So I just go by this calendar of Operation World and I pray. And let me tell you why that's important to do. What we can get caught up doing, my friends, is praying for a very, very narrow universe. I want my universe to be broadened. So I pray for the nations of the world. I pray for every nation every year that God, that a Holy Spirit revival would sweep across North Korea, would sweep across South Korea, that maybe someday they could be unified in Christ. I pray for them. And, and the reason for that is I want my circle of prayer to be broad, that if he answered every prayer of mine, the world would be substantially different. Think about that. A guy named Soup Campbell up in Memphis once said, listen, if God answered every single one of your prayers, how much of the world would be changed? And for most of us, a very narrow, very, very narrow universe would be changed. But boy, I, I picked up on Soup Campbell's uh, uh, thought there, and I thought, let me pray for the nations of the world, and I started doing it. Then I usually read a little bit out of Oswald Chambers, Oswald Chambers for the day, and sometimes I'll quote him down in my journal. Then I do one more thing before I'm wrapped up. What am I going to do today in response to his prompting? What am I going to do, measurably do today? Now, that's hard. That's hard for me to do because 
I have been raised my whole life to have quiet times and do nothing, to listen to sermons and do nothing, to listen to small group uh, uh, Bible studies and Sunday school Bible studies and, and do nothing. And that's very much a, an, a, an American way of doing life. We can listen and not obey, and we're very well practiced in it. So I just ask Jesus, show me something you want me to do today in response to your prompting through my time with you today. That's my quiet time. That is my devotional time. That's what I do with the Lord pretty much every day. Also down there, I have my workout. What did I do with weights today? What did I do with my aerobic workout today? But on the whole, that's the whole nine yards. What I'm saying to you is that doesn't have to be your prayer life, but maybe there's an idea or two from that that you could use. Devise the five to 10 things you want to do every day. Settle down in it and let Jesus bless you substantially for his kingdom and for his glory. If you want an excellent Christian life, you're going to have to have an excellent Bible study and prayer life. There's no way around it. You want to be sure that you're spending extraordinary amounts of time with him that way. Special time where you're spending, and I've always loved the quote by Paul Rader. He says, you know, if you can beat the devil in the matter of daily prayer, you can beat him anywhere. But if he can beat you there, he can possibly beat you anywhere. I'm beginning to think that's exceedingly, exceedingly true. And so I want a devotional life that is top flight, that will change me, that will make me, that will mold me. And to remember, it's not those practices that are changing me. It's God by his grace that's changing me. But this is typically how he does it. Through the works of piety, prayer, scripture reading, Lord's Supper, fasting, and Christian conferencing, both large groups and small, getting together and lifting our lives up to the Lord and through the works of mercy. Now, I want to tell you where you can get that list of the means of grace and the list of the five questions you ought to be asking each other during Bible studies. Where you can go to get that is 5qdiscipleship.com. So I just ask you to do that right now. Go to 5qdiscipleship.com and go ahead and sign up and you're going to get the quick start guide to 5Q Discipleship, how you can have a 5Q Discipleship group, and you're going to get uh, these cards. So how you can make a card, it's got a front and back of it. You can just put those together and make your own card and put that in your Bible and start. And by the way, this uh, these five questions, scripture, adoration, change, testimony, and supplication, those five questions are great to even have devotions with. I don't do it that way, but a lot of people do. In fact, pe people every Every uh, year, uh, every month are saying to me, Matt, these five questions have radically changed my devotional life. I'm thinking, really? Well, praise the Lord and you go. So I'm going to suggest you go to 5QDiscipleship.com. We'd love to see you there. And thank you so very much for being part of this life-changing discipleship program today, this podcast today, and is now a wrap. Been an honor to have you here today. Check out our Facebook page, Life Changing Discipleship, and check out our books at Amazon.com. Just type in Matt Friedemann and go for it. And always, always tell others about our podcast. And remember this, my wife thanks you, my daughter thanks you, my sons and their wives thank you, and I can assure you that I thank you for listening to Life Changing Discipleship today. Love God, live clean, keep the faith, make disciples, 
And God bless you, dear friends. We'll see you back here real soon.